the death toll rises. As the battles intensify and threaten a growing number of Republic worlds, planets are left to survive on their own, while the Jedi struggle to fight a war on many fronts. A series of medical stations have been established as a lifeline for those in need. But the facilities are easy prey for separatist attacks. After losing contact with the medical station orbiting Felucia, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker, and Ahsoka Tano are sent to investigate. Bucketheads, Mevar Tigar, welcome to the 82nd Weequay Pirate Repelling episode of MandoVision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. So happy to have you back for another exciting episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars Rewatch Mondays. We are, we are almost there. We have almost completed our journey through Season 2 of Star Wars The Clone Wars, and uh, you know... We're in an interesting place. We're, we're between... Uh, we, we're after, I should say. We're after the Mandalorian plot episodes, but we're building up to some big, big finishes here uh, for Season 2 where we are going get to get to connect with some fan favorites, see where they are in the Star Wars landscape, and, and uh, it's going to be really, really exciting. And uh, this episode, we're kind of we're kicking it off. We're kind of reconnecting with the Star Wars underworld, and I've mentioned before on the show, one of my favorite elements of... The Star Wars galaxy is the underworld. It is the bounty hunters and the crime lords and the crime bosses and the smugglers and the the rogues, the rapscallions of the Star Wars galaxy. So I am a big fan of this episode and a lot of the stuff that's coming up here in the next next few weeks on the show. This episode gets off to an interesting start because uh, for the for the first time in Star Wars: The Clone Wars, uh, we have a bit of a title card uh, before. We get our Star Wars, you know, Star Wars, and a long time ago, you know, the whole Star Wars spiel. We get a whole totally different thing. This episode dedicated to the memory of Akira Kurosawa, who, again, a legendary director, a Japanese film director, uh, whose influence is felt uh, the world around in cinema. Uh, and his films in particular, a big influence on George Lucas when he was uh, developing Star Wars. Obviously, uh, his film, Kurosawa's film, A Hidden Fortress, is a big influence on the first Star Wars movie. Uh, but other aspects of Kurosawa uh, creep in, in in a lot of different ways to Star Wars. And this episode is very much the Severn Samurai with some bounty hunters and some Jedi in, in the mix. And and we'll talk about that a little bit more because uh, that, that Kurosawa love, you know, shines through in The Mandalorian. When we broke down those episodes of The Mandalorian back in Season 1 and in Season 2... Kurosawa references throughout that series. Uh, we can we can reference those as we watch this episode too. But again, this is one of the first times they get to pay a direct homage to Akira Kurosawa. Again, such a such a big influence on the on the young George Lucas and and many other young filmmakers. So much so that they're still uh, the paying respects and homages to the man this to this day, uh, especially here in Star Wars. 
and we'll, we will get to all of that very, very soon. I am so excited that you are here. And and uh, remember, the best way to re- to support us is to re- or even get a hold of us. Reach out to us via social media at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert, if possible or so inclined, and you're on Apple Podcasts where it's easier. Five-star reviews. They help independent shows like us stand out and fight against the evil empire because that's what this show is all about. We have to we have to stand up against the tyranny of Palpatine's boot across our necks. We can't do it. And we can't do it without your help. So thank you so much for being here. Old listeners, new listeners, uh, I hope you're all having fun. And I thank you so much for going on this journey with us as we rewatch Star Wars The Clone Wars. All right, let's get into it. Like I said, I, I kind of set up the episodes already, uh, but let's get into the show proper, and you know what that means. It's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. That's Felucia. Dead ahead. But where's the medical station? I don't see anything on my scanners. Wait, there's something. Vulture droids. Hang on. All right, season two, episode 17, Bounty Hunters. Original air date, April 2nd, 2010. And once again, dedicated to the memory of Akira Kurosawa, the legendary Japanese filmmaker. Uh, we, will, we will discuss a little bit more the, the Seven Samurai influences. Uh, it's, it's very much a direct homage. And it, we, we've all seen that Seven Samurai uh, being so heavily influence, influential uh, in many, many movies and many films. And, and so it's, it's a plot that you will all be very, very familiar with. And uh, that the plot for this week's episode is Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka crash land on Felucia and reluctantly join four bounty hunters defending a village from Hondo Anaka's pirate gang. So our good friend Hondo Anaka is back and uh, he's got a pirate gang and they're on Felucia because they, these farmers are uh, growing a very, a very uh, 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 valuable herb. That's a, a, a healing herb, if you will, and uh, in a, in a war you have a lot of uh, a lot of need for those sort of things. So the Anaka gang looking to make a big score here by by uh, pillaging these pirates, uh, or by, excuse me, by pillaging these farmers of their their valuable valuable harvest. Uh, let's talk about how this episode opens, though. You know, Obi Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka are out to investigate. Uh, Felucia's supposed to have one of these one of these medical plants that they talked about in the opening of the episode. How big of a scumbag are the separatists? Like <laughs> at this point in the in the series, I mean, we we saw an episode like this back in season one, or maybe it was in earlier in season two. I can't remember exactly. I want to say it was in season one though. Again, trying to get to a, a medical station where where wounded clone soldiers are being, uh, uh, you know, treated and taken care of, and and the separatists. I get it. Like they're they're the cold, emotionless droid army of the separatists. Uh, but the, you know, we've seen the leadership of the separatists like they're led by actual beings with uh thoughts and feelings and emotions they're not they're not cylons in in that sense where it's like all humanity must be extinguished no 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 like you would you would think that a medical facility is out of bounds that's 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 off limits that's a no-go as as far as that goes but uh these separatists are vicious and they have no qualms whatsoever about attacking these medical stations, destroying these medical stations with impunity, as as seems to be the case with the station that our our heroes are attempting to 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 uh, check in on, uh, they get there and there's no there's nothing to be found of it. Uh, in fact, there's only the separatist vulture droid emplacement, a vulture droid ship emplacement, I should say. Clarify that a little bit more. 
that promptly begins to attack our heroes and uh, leads to uh, a, a great reference, or not a reference, excuse me, a great observation by the negotiator, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Check it out. I guess we know what happened to the medical station. There it is. That's not good. They took out the plasma conduit. I'm thinking, almost certainly not. Looks like we're doing this the hard way. Starting ejection sequence. How come every time you fly, we crash? It's not my fault, it's the ship. There you go. I just wanted to play that little clip there because I, <laughs> it was humorous, all right? And we'll, we'll, we'll get into... We're, I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I'm really excited about this episode. We haven't even, we haven't even talked about our, our, actor, our, our, excuse me, our behind-the-scenes team. Once again, this episode directed by Stuart Lee, written by Carl Ellsworth with Drew Z. Greenberg as our, our story editor. And our big cast of characters this week, James Arnold Taylor is Obi-Wan Kenobi and a pirate trooper. Matt Lanter is Anakin Skywalker and Muck Muck Monkey. Anna Graves is uh, Sugi and Rumi. Ashley Eckstein is Ahsoka and a village child. Jim's com- Jim Cummings returns as Hondo Anaka. Greg Baldwin is uh, Cassius, uh, Serapis, and Guam. Uh, Steven Stanton is Delaney and a pirate scout. Dave Filoni. That's right. Dave Filoni, the man, the architect of, of modern Star Wars uh, on television, is the voice of Embo in this episode. Steps out from behind the scenes to take center stage in a voice role as Embo the bounty hunter. And, of course, back again. Tom Kane is our narrator. Our Jedi fortune cookie this week. Courage makes heroes, but trust builds friendships. Uh, and, and again, we're, we, we've already kind of dived into the episode at the beginning here, the opening segment of how our heroes end up uh, marooned on Felucia and, and find themselves in this village in desperate need of help as they're being besieged by Hondo Anaka's gang. Uh, this is also this episode, as as we heard from the voiceover too, uh, the first episode in about five six weeks, where we are uh, reunited with Ahsoka Tano, uh, and 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 get to get to spend some time with Ahsoka once again. But don't get too attached to Ahsoka because uh, she goes on another little break next week. So <laughs> it's nice to see Ahsoka get back to her, her and Anakin again once again, sort of uh, squabbling back and forth with one another as as their ship under attack by these vulture droids, is about to crash into the surface of Felucia. Now, what's interesting here, I thought was... What I thought was really interesting here is I don't think we had seen up to this point uh, the way that, you know, ejecting from a, from a Star Wars vessel and how that works out, particularly in this time of the Clone Wars. You know, the World War II references we've talked about very heavily and and the 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 way that sort of shapes the way a lot of the Star Wars feel, if you will the aesthetics of it, if you will. Now getting to see uh, pilots ejecting, and instead of having the what we would consider to be a, a, a typical sort of parachute-esque landing, uh, what happens is, as Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka eject, uh, they are enveloped in sort of like this giant rubber-slash-flubber ball that, that encases them uh, for a safe landing as they, and they kind of come down to the surface. And much like a, like a weeble, a weeble-wobble, uh, the, the, these balls that are in, they... they, they they rock back and forth, but they don't fall over, they don't fall down. You come down on the planet, you land on the surface, and it's apparently weighted correctly so that, uh, yeah, you're sitting up as you as you depart your uh, ev- e- uh, ejection pod, basically. It sort of becomes a pod around your, your, your chair. It's a very unique, interesting thing. And, and uh, again, one of the first times I recall seeing 
uh, a pilot eject in this fashion. If, if, if I've made a mistake about that, by all means, please reach out and let me know that I have goofed. So we're back on Felucia. We've been to this planet before. We've seen it uh, in the live-action films, uh, most prominently in Episode 3 in Revenge of the Sith. But let's kind of give a little bit of a, a, a recap on Felucia. Let's talk a little bit more about it, because Felucia is a very interesting place. It's very visually striking, and you can't help but pay attention to the things that are going on there. And as, as we're going to play a clip in a moment, uh, lots of creatures, lots of life forms. So a, a, a planet that's that's uh, probably heavy in the force with, with the amount of life that, that moves about on its surface. So this is straight from the Star Wars wiki. So check it out, Felucia. Felucia was a remote world in the Felucia system, overrun with thick, colorful, and humid jungle made up by a unique combination of fungal species. The jungle was punctuated with small farming villages populated by the planet's native Felucians, as well as occasional cities such as the capital, Kiwi-Tuo. Felucia was governed by the Commerce Guild, who represented the planet's corporate interests on the galactic stage. The world was a hotbed of life, and several non-sentient species also inhabited the world, including the Gelagrubs, Jungle Rancors, and Timus. Despite its perceived insignificance, its important location and resources, including the healing plant Nicillin, featured prominently in this episode of the show, led to several conflicts both in orbit and on the planet's surface. Uh, it's also primarily located along the, 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 the Perlamane trade route, which also helped to be a major battleground in the Outer Rim uh, section of the Clone Wars. Remember the Outer Rim sieges, something that Obi-Wan talks about a lot in the films. So that's that's where we are. That's what we're doing with Felucia. Uh, what we're going to have happen is, uh, yeah, these big creatures. I believe this is the those rancors they were talking about, these non-native kind of rancors. Our heroes come across them as they are t attempting to figure out where they are and get back on course. Like, like we got to figure out how we're going to get off this, this planet. Let's, let's see what's going on. Which, of course, leads to a little bit of a disagreement. Let's hear it out. We don't want to scare them. We can't just wander around aimlessly. We need a plan. You always taught me to go on instinct, and my instincts taught me to go that way. No, that, that doesn't seem right. I think we should go this way. Why do you even ask for my opinion? You never do things my way. We crashed the ship your way. Very funny. I see your sense of humor survived the landing. It's about the only thing. Uh, if... You two are done arguing. I think there's some smoke on the horizon, which means people, and a way off this planet. So they begrudgingly <laughs> admit that Ahsoka is right, and it's time to to move on and and check out this settlement. Like we like we talked about, uh, you're gonna find. Excuse me, our heroes are gonna come across the crop of the Nicellum, How valuable it is. Obi Wan makes a mention of that. And they, they begin to, to kind of check out this village, and everyone's hiding. The, the native Felucian farmers are hiding. They don't know why. They don't know what's going on. And this is when we first encounter our bounty hunters, who the, these Felucian farmers have hired to protect them from a pirate gang. Now, we don't know it's Hondo Onaka's gang just yet. We, we will find that out shortly. Uh, but I did want to kind of go over our, ga our, our gang of bounty hunters here. So we, we meet first, uh, we meet Sugi, who is a Zabrak, an, an, an Iridonian Zabrak. A female. Uh, she is in several more episodes of the show, so I don't want to talk too much about uh, the role this character will play later on. But she does have a role to play in more episodes of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, uh, as as well as uh, in our in our sort of newer expanded universe uh, series of of novels, the the Chuck Wendig ones in particular, the um, you know, the uh, Empire's End series. Uh, if you've read that book, you will you will know the character uh, Jazz Amari. Uh, this is uh, this uh, Sugi is 
Jazz's, excuse me, aunt. I think I got that right. Yeah. Sugi is the aunt of Jazz Amari in those books, the one that got uh, Jazz into massive debts that she's attempting to pay off in those books. This is her aunt, and we meet her in this episode of the show, and, and we'll talk a little bit more. Uh, you know, again, Sugi's a character we, we visit down the road, so I don't want to say too much about her, but she does have a connection to more characters down the line, which is very, very interesting. We'll also meet Rumi, who's a Frank from the world of Gearobe, and she's a female as well. Now, listen, spoiler alerts, this is her first and only appearance in Star Wars The Clone Wars, and I, I will leave it at that for you to infer what may happen down the road. <laughs> we are also going to meet uh, Seraphis, who's a Sasori male. Uh, he, when we first are introduced to him in this episode, he's in a very giant, very powerful like mech suit, uh, very intimidating, very striking. Uh, but we find out that that, uh, that Seraphis and Sasori in general, uh, his people are very, very small. They're very diminutive, but that does not mean they are not formidable in one one sense or another. That that is something that we've learned uh, from Star Wars throughout the entire saga. That just because something looks small and diminutive does not mean uh, you you can get one over on it very easily. Uh, and and Seraphis also a member of of Sugi's gang down the line, and and will also return. And then uh, the the most uh, a visually interesting character from this episode, and and a, again will become a recurring character. And I think a character who has a who has a bit of a fan following about him is Embo. Embo is the Kyuzo from Feitrong. He is a male. He has a sweet metal helmet that he or hat. hat. It's basically a hat. I mean, it looks like a like a big giant sun visor. <laughs> but it, it, he can use it as a shield, he can use it as a weapon, uh, he has a crossbow, that's fun too, and he's a very formidable fighter. At, at one point in, in, in the Star Wars galaxy, he's considered the second most formidable bounty hunter behind only Cad Bane at one particular point. Uh, but he kind of throws his light in with Sugi, and is, is, is kind of like his... Uh, Sugi's first call is often to Embo, because he's they, they have a good relationship, and uh, I assume they profit when they work together, so... A, a mutually beneficial relationship, and again, Embo with a really, really neat look, and uh, his uh, his, uh, his species again, a, a Kyuzo, named after a character from the Seven Samurai, and I think he has a sort of uh, samurai-esque look about him. Uh, you'll have seen him in many, many things. He shows up in uh, a lot more episodes of Star Wars: The Clone Wars down the road. Uh, he figures into he's graffiti art <laughs> in Star Wars Rebels. You know, our our favorite our favorite character Sabine Wren. Is is has is painted him in a couple things in Star Wars Rebels, and and uh, he's featured in, in another book in the Dark Disciple book about Quinlan Vos, and and Asajj Ventress. He's he's in that as well. So M Embo has has sort of grown, as his uh, his uh, status has grown, I should say, over time. So this is but this is where we meet him for the very very first time, and it's it's uh like I said, he's a neat character. He's very visually interesting, and he will get into conflict with our Jedi heroes down the road. Uh, you know, whether on his own or as part of uh, Sugi's gang moving forward. So, yeah, these are interesting characters, and it's always fun when you get some interesting characters that can kind of reoccur down the re- recur down the road as as the show progresses. So, I really, really like that. All right, so our our heroes come across these bounty hunters. You know, they they get off to a little bit of a shaky start, but they eventually realize that these are not the pirate. The Jedi are not the pirates. Bounty hunters are not there to to necessarily harm them. They have been hired to protect these farmers. Obi Wan believes in them to be extorting the farmers, uh, which is very interesting, and uh, uh, puts him at odds with 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 with, uh, with Sugi right off the bat, which is again an interesting dynamic as we move forward. But let's get the let's get the math out of the way here. Four bounty hunters, three Jedi equals seven samurai. 
There we go. Uh, what I'm going to play now for you is a clip of Obi-Wan explaining why they can't get involved in this, which I don't agree with Obi-Wan on this one. I know I'm a, I'm a big Obi-Wan guy. I'm a supporter of the, of the man. I believe in him. But his sort of staunch, the, the sort of like belief that he has is like, well, we can't bother ourselves with this. We have to, we have to do our duty thing. It's like, I get it. Obi-Wan's about duty. But like, like we've talked about on, on, on some other episodes of the show, uh, you know, helping people. That's that's the real duty that the Jedi have, right? It's not to the political whims of the Republic and things like that. Like, it, don't get me started. Don't let me go down that road. Let's focus on this episode. But here's Obi-Wan attempting to explain to Anakin and Ahsoka why they cannot involve themselves in this matter. Master, these farmers are in trouble. Why can't we help them? Believe me, Ahsoka, I would like nothing more. However, we need to report that the medical station has been destroyed. If we stay too long, the Separatists will show up looking for us here. But... Better they get robbed by pirates than attract the interest of General Grievous and his horde. Pirates! 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 The pirates are back! All right, we'll pause it right there. So it's not that Obi-Wan doesn't have a point, but it's it's a very complicated issue, and I, I tend to side more with Ahsoka on this one, that, that you know, helping these people was the right move. They can worry about the separatists at another time if it comes to pass that that's what happens. Obi-Wan's is a worst-case scenario, and we, but there's nothing to say that that would be the way it plays out. Now, I do want to play the sequence where, uh, where Hondo makes his arrival in the village, and let's check that out next. There is nothing here that's yours, unless you're here to buy it. Buy it? Ha! 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 Kenobi! Skywalker! I can't believe you came all this way to see me. Honda. You know each other? Of course we do. Tell them how far back we go, Kenobi. Too far, I'm afraid. <laughs> and here I thought we were friends. If you're truly interested in friendship, Hondo, might I suggest you stop threatening these farmers? Threatening them? Oh! Please tell me you have not been listening to this bounty-hunting scum. Scum? We're just here to help them protect what's theirs. Oh, come, come, my dear. How much are they paying you? Bub, bub, bub. Does not matter. Whatever it is, I will double it. And all you have to do to earn it is, uh, step aside. We don't break deals. I like how in that sequence that that Hondo, not not above pointing out the fact that the bounty hunters are paid to be there, they're not on some they're not they're not doing this for some moral crusade. This that's that's a Jedi thing, right? The bounty hunters are paid. They are bodies for hire. They're people for hire. They're mercenaries for hire, and then that's what this is. And Hondo goes out of the, out of his way to, hey, if you just, if it's about money, I got money. I'll pay you to leave. And now again. This is when Sugi makes an interesting uh, point that that they won't break the deal, they won't barter their contract or break the contract that they've made with the farmers, which shows that uh, uh, Sugi may start at one point in this episode, but when we catch up with her down the road, things have changed, and especially as, as, as if we examine her uh, through the lens of Jazamari in in those Empire End books, um, obviously things went badly for 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 Sugi at some point. Um, so it's interesting to see her at this point, and, and we'll have to kind of note that in subsequent appearances with her down the road. Uh, 
but this episode, this this exchange with Hondo, I think, is very very interesting, and it goes back and forth a couple of different times. So let me let me play the next section of it because again, this is to, to me this is why we're watching this show because uh, when Hondo's on screen, there's such a it's such a fun presence to have in the mix of of these Jedi's, and then uh, you know again the bounty hunters they have the pirate angle, so we're we're getting all that underworld stuff that I'm such a big fan of, and I I hope. All of you kind people that listen to this podcast feel the same way about it as I do, or else you probably just think I'm wasting your time. <laughs> but we're about to get into a little bit of a standoff, and, and uh, let's hear how it resolves. Steady, everyone. What is your stake, anyway, Kenobi? All we want is a ride to the nearest Republic outpost, and I'm willing to pay you handsomely for it. Twice what you could make selling this crop. Well, um, how do you plan to pay me? A funds transfer when we arrive. Republic credit? We've been over this before, Kenobi. My associates don't accept that currency. I'm offering a deal that benefits us all, Hondo. Don't let your greed blind you to that fact. You know, I like you, Kenobi. But um, no one leaves this planet until I get my syllab. Then I hope you enjoy it here. Because you'll be staying a long time, parasite. You know, this crop has not been harvested. You better hurry, old man, before things start to uh, die on you. So Hondo delivers the threat. It's very, very not veiled. <laughs> that there will be consequences if Hondo and his gang do not get the Nicellum. Uh Again, Obi-Wan and the Jedi are not directly involved yet, but it, they decide that they are going to consult on battle strategy while they are still marooned on the planet. And I guess that's, I guess that's sort of like my hang-up, right? Like, I, 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 I sort of understand where Obi-Wan's coming from. Like, they don't want to risk... He doesn't want to risk potentially bringing the Separatists down on these villagers uh, by their being... by the Jedi presence being there any longer than it has to be. But, I mean, they're essentially stuck there. There's nowhere for them to go. They, they will have to walk... You know, probably a, a great distance to get to like the nearest spaceport on on the surface. Uh, so why not just help these people while you're there, and and just just make this problem go away now. Um, but regardless of of all that, I mean, the Jedi spoilers: the Jedi will get involved in 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 this conflict directly. But let let's listen as they begin to consult some strategy here for the bounty hunters to prepare for how and when Hondo's gang will attack. When the attack comes, it will come from two fronts. The forest to the south, and the ridge to the north. Whatever you do, you must defend both sides. But there are only four of them! How can four bounty hunters defend against so many? So it's too grand to prestay, Christophe The farmers are right. These bounty hunters don't stand a chance. We've been over this, Anakin. You seem to lack confidence in our abilities, young Jedi. I'm sure you're good at what you do, but you are in way too deep said the peacekeeper who fails to keep the peace the rift in the galaxy is not our fault if more worlds would stand up for themselves against the separatists this war would have been over long ago that's it we'll just train the villagers to defend themselves but we are just simple farmers why are we paying bounty hunters to defend us if we are just going to end up doing it ourselves hush Delani. trust me we'll have you ready so this leads into the next sequence of the of the episode, the training of the farmers to fend for themselves. And listen, it's not going great. They're they're farmers. I mean, this is a familiar montage. We've seen this all before. 
specifically we've seen this in the Mandalorian when you when you go back to chapter four back in season one when he's on the planet with the krill farmers uh krill I don't think it was krill you know what I mean though <laughs> but you know the episode uh, it's it's the first one where we where we meet Cara Dune and and it's Mando and Cara Dune they're gonna help these villagers from another gang of of, of, of marauders the ones who have the ATST. And, and and they decide they're going to train these farmers to, to, to fight back against the marauders. Uh, you you get a more of a that Kurosawa inspired inspiration. Excuse me, that Kurosawa inspiration in that episode of The Mandalorian. And again, another episode is the the Ahsoka Tano episode is very Kurosawa esque as well. Um, particularly the, the confrontation at the end of the episode with with Ahsoka. But still, for this episode though, so it, it, in a, in a lot of ways, I wonder if. If uh, if Dave Filoni was like, hey, you know, let's do another Kurosawa esque thing, but with the Mandalorian, and in in a little bit of a different way. Now, it, again, it's it's a seven samurai homage in the Mandalorian, but just know there aren't seven samurais involved. It's just Mando and Cara Dune. But you know, again, a, a good episode of that show, and and again, another another uh, a nod nod to Kurosawa as Star Wars progresses. It's like, you know, you honor your roots whenever you can, right? Why not expose another audience, a bigger audience than, than, the, than the people who, you know, maybe didn't watch Star Wars The Clone Wars because it was, quote-unquote, only an animated series and it doesn't matter that much, quote-unquote, to some of, the, some of the talk I've heard from people on the streets that I don't care for when I hear it. You know, obviously the Mandalorian's audience is probably significantly bigger than, than people who maybe watched The Clone Wars. So maybe giving them a Kurosawa reference is kind of cool. I don't know. I don't want to get into... I can't begin to understand why they do some of the things. Or I shouldn't say it like that. <laughs> I can't begin to... Uh, 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 I, don't know, I don't know the way they think about these things. But I love these nods. I, they make me happy. And I, I, again, I love seeing Star Wars pay its respects to, to what came before and to its inspirations. So yeah, we get, this is when we get the big montage. This is all about getting everyone trained up. We see Seraphis gets revealed uh, shortly after uh, the the pirates begin their attack. We see uh, Embo do his his sweet moves, his sweet battle moves, and the the battle begins. Hondo's gang attacks. The the Jedi and the bounty hunters are formidable together. They they build lots of traps. They they're kind of home alone them. They're kind of doing doing the Ewok battle for Endor stuff uh, in, in in this in this episode. Uh, Annie goes to attack Hondo. The you know, Hondo's got a tank at this point, by the way. We didn't mention that Hondo has a tank. He's kind of raining fire down on the villagers, on the Jedi, on the bounty hunters, on the farmers. And all, all in this effort to, to get the Nicellum that he's, he, he stands to make a substantial profit from. And, yeah, so Anakin leads the, leads the charge. He's going to take care of that tank because that tank is, is, is really ruining everyone's day during this battle. This is a fun battle. I should mention that very, very much off the bat. It's a lot of fun to see this all kind of happen uh, as it plays out. Good stuff back and forth. The pirates moving in, the bounty hunters trying to repel them, and the Jedi doing their thing. You know, you have Ahsoka, you have Anakin, you have Obi-Wan doing what they what they are supposed to be doing, and that is defending the people. It's interesting when 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 Anakin and Hondo are fighting each other on the tank, uh, the Kowalki Monkey Lizard is driving the tank, which leads to uh, an unstable surface for our for Anakin to uh, to engage in battle on, but he and Hondo have a really neat fight. I really like their fight quite a bit. Uh, Hondo has one of those staffs that we've seen the uh, the Magna Droids have, 
you know, that's very good at standing up against a lightsaber. And Hondo wields it pretty pretty effectively in his battle with with uh, with Anakin. Uh, eventually, though, they do they do fall off the tank. Hondo goes off the edge of a cliff, and Anakin has to save him. But <laughs> but of course, things you know, Hondo make it save, but he's not gonna take. Doesn't mean he's not gonna take one last chance to try and get her to Skywalker, and it doesn't go well. So that that that's kind of where our episode ends. Um, but let's let's close it out proper, shall we? This effort is no longer profitable. So that's when Hondo takes off in his uh, Weequay-esque flying saucer ship, and they head back. I did. There was one sound clip I did skip over that I wanted to get to, but I, I missed it. And it was. Uh, it's earlier. It's during the montage sequence. Uh, Obi Wan discussing why it's important for these villagers to learn how to fight and to learn how to stand up for themselves. And again, you know, we, we've seen so many shows and movies and, and, and animation specials and, you know, the seven samurai is such a big influence on, on, on everything. And, and again, we all know this plot inside and out, even if you don't know it's from a Kurosawa film, it is. Uh, and, and Obi-Wan sort of explaining the value of why these farmers need to learn how to defend themselves from other Mars, because just, just, you know, even if the Jedi and the bounty hunters hold off Hondo's gang doesn't mean other bigger, badder, worse marauders won't come next. And they can't keep, these farmers can't keep paying bounty hunters to come and save them every time it happens. So these are skills they do need to learn. And and that was a good sequence uh, from the episode that I, I did sort of gloss over a little bit during the montage scene. But uh, a, a really rock solid episode. I love the way Hondo bails out, kind of keeps, keeps his, uh, head up high, you know, kind of makes it sound like, this is my decision, we're getting out of here, because, you know, this just, we're not, the, the profit we're going to make is just not worth it, so, you know what, we're, we're bouncing, we're going to find something else, an easier score, whatever it's going to be, and then, and Hondo and his, his uh, pirates retreat, they're moving on to the next thing, uh, and then our bounty hunters, uh, as a show of thanks to the Jedi, will give them a ride to a, the nearest outpost, and let them get back to the war. And that's the episode. I really dig this one. I think it's a lot of fun. It's an eight up. It's a solid eight. Um, it's just a good time. If if you're a Kurosawa fan like I am, you, you'll you'll appreciate the references, the nods, the winks, all of that good stuff. It's a it's a quality quality episode, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, because it's a pretty good stuff. It's pretty good stuff. And that is it for the episode this week. We got some big ones coming up. Big ones in a in a in a very specific way do we have a big episode coming up next week and <laughs> just wait for that it's going to be a good one it i'm really excited about talking about the two-parter coming up uh, starting up starting next week because it, because it's another episode uh, that pays homage to something else it's star wars doing something else and, and bringing on some other aspects of the sci-fi fantasy genre into its fold that i that i really 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 want to get into so i'm excited to get into that with all of you and I want to thank you so much for listening, being the great audience that you are, and supporting the Mandavision podcast the way you have uh, over the last year, year and a half, whatever it is. Uh, however long you've been listening, I, I can't thank you enough for the support. It, you are all the best, the most important people in my life, except for my wife and my dogs. But you're, you're right up there, I swear. So thank you for listening to the Mandavision podcast. My name is Tom, Nargai Tom. And remember to please reach out to us via social media. Let us know what you're thinking of the show. It's at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. Uh, if possible, or so inclined. Five-star reviews are a great way to help the show. We thank you so much in advance for those. 
And then, again, share, share the show with everyone. People you meet on the street, people you're hanging out with at the bus station, uh, uh, customers coming into your store. It, it's all the same. The, the guy on the treadmill next to you at the gym. It's, it's cool. It's, I, we thank you so, so much for doing that. And uh, you are all the best. We have, I think, if this, if this episode drops on the day I think it drops on, we have one more episode of Bad Batch Friday to look forward to. And uh, I think it's going to be pretty epic. So I hope you're enjoying Bad Batch Fridays. Or even if you're listening to them on Bad Batch Saturday or Bad Batch Sunday. Whatever works for your schedule works for me. It's all good. That's the joy of the podcast. You can listen to it whenever you're ready. So we got those coming to an end. And there will be, uh, I, I think the schedule, I think I've talked about it before, but just to kind of remind you, to reiterate, uh, Star Wars Clone Wars Rewatch Mondays will continue. But I do believe there will be uh, uh, subsequent episodes during the week. There will be uh, specials, more whether it's more Bantha tracks or we'll get into like some holocron stuff. Uh, there, there will be a second episode still on, on the docket for the week. Uh, so, so get ready for those. We're going to have a lot of fun coming up in August and September. It's going to be a good time. And then, I mean, once we hit September, think about it. The countdown to the Book of Boba Fett is on at that point. Like Once we get into the fall, it's like going to be right around the corner. You know, We should hopefully get a trailer, maybe a release date. Some of that stuff should be coming fairly, fairly soon. If, um, and again, maybe not in August, but maybe by September. We, we might have a lot more interesting Star Wars stuff to talk about. And maybe, maybe even we get, a, get some more uh, deets on the Kenobi show or the, um, the Cassian Andor show. A lot of stuff to, to get excited about in the Star Wars universe. And we will check in on, on Star Wars The High Republic at some point in the near future. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan, as we are fond of saying on the podcast. So I thank you all so much for listening one more time. All right, now let's get out of here. You all get on with your day. Get on with your week. Take care of each other. Stay safe. Stay strong. And come back soon. And remember, this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. way.